Welcome to episode two of Hookers and Horses, Stories of a Prairie Family, with your hosts, Dana, that's me, my sister Tracy, and my cousin Ellie. Our hope with each podcast is that y'all will find us as funny as we think we are. Give us a chance because we get funnier by the moment, and that we might bring some joy, entertainment, and ridiculousness to your lives during this time of isolation. So without further ado, here we go. Um, I just want to make a disclaimer for thinks I might be offending anybody, whatever. Not only did Nathan give me his permission to tell this story, he actually suggested it. He said this one that was going to really get the audience going. Um, story I'm going to tell is called Mum's First Hickey. Now, you might be thinking that it's about my first hickey, but then the episode would be called Tracy's First Hickey. I'm not actually sure I've ever had a hickey, but I must have because I actually was a teenager at one point, although I don't actually have any re- recollection of it. That's as an aside. Wait, Trace, can oh. I interrupt? I'm, doing, I'm breaking this... our rule. Can I just say one thing, disclaimer? I just want people to know for the record, I've never heard this story. I'm no, hearing this for the first not. time. I just want to put that out there. Okay, I'll be right Okay. <laughs> so, uh, okay. So the story, right, is called hickey because it's the first time it was for my first um experience shall we say as the mother of the hickey or should we say the <laughs> hickor <Huh. laughs> but anyhow so i'm talking about nathan this story happened when nathan grade nine so five years ago he had just turned 15 okay so i was gonna say for those of you who don't have teenagers in the house or listening he was 15 so um, he's had this new girlfriend, and we will call her Jill, protect her. Her name was not Jill. So they started dating, seeing each other, going around, doing in eight Going that steady. Are you 100? So, yeah. Well, I guess they were dating. I don't know what they were doing. So anyhow, it was April of that year. So... Fast forward to June of that year, and one day she's over, Nathan's going to go walk her home, or like walk her to the bus, I can't remember, and I say to him, can you go to the store and get me something for dinner? I need something for dinner on your way home. No problem. Okay, great. So he comes home from the store, he bursts, he races into the kitchen, and he's like, Mom, you are never going to believe what happened to me. I was getting your chicken. And when I came out of the store, Jill's friend ran up to me and did this. Okay, now, I realize this is audio. I understand that. But I am begging all of you to please just try and visualize this. I'm begging you. On the left side of Nathan's neck is a very, extremely recent hickey <laughs> recent as in like like it had happened like within like the last 45 minutes to an hour recent from the time that he's standing in my kitchen it's like red of course purple there's a little bit of blue in there like it's ridiculous and on top of said hickey is a happy face that has been drawn on top of it with a black sharpie okay one eye of the happy face is trying to like obscure the hickey. Okay. Ridiculous. I can't even tell you now. 
at this point, I'm standing in my kitchen. I'm like, what? What? I don't even know what I'm supposed to do. I'm almost hysterical with laughter, but I have to maintain my composure. Remember, at this point, Nathan thinks that somehow this is fooling me. Like, there's just a, there's just a Sharpie. So ridiculous. So I go along with it. So I might also mention this time that Nathan had for sure missed his calling because he should have 100% been in high school drama because this performance was bordering on Oscar worthy, like 100%. But anyhow, so many He keeps saying to me, I know why I don't think she would draw my neck. She just came out of nowhere. Like, I don't know why, 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 why. And he's like, mom, what did I do? She, I don't know why she me she, well, she just had a sharpie in her bag and she just came and she drew in my neck like i didn't do anything to her I'm like what is okay whatever so i do what i think at that point is the only responsible thing to do as a parent and i say to him nathan i'm sure i have like some makeup remover or some hydrogen peroxide or rubbing alcohol or get that off your neck and he's like no you can't do that no I'm like well, what do you mean no it's just marker like for sure it'll come off it's not a problem and I also just want to say that I my friends because let's be reasonable I told it to everybody they're like no you did not say that to him I'm like ah oh. I said that to him yes I did the mortification space is just beyond at this point so we go upstairs and I start like rubbing his neck with some whatever, peroxide or something. And he's like, ow, ow, it hurts. I'm like, it hurts? But why would it hurt? Just mark her. It doesn't even have to make sense why it would hurt. He's like, mom, stop. It's so sore. I'm like, mm, that can't be sore. It doesn't make sense. This is not sore. I say, fine. But let's go have dinner. We'll deal with this after dinner. He's like, oh, fine. It's so sore. <laughs> I'm like, I can't, I can't. So fine, we have dinner, blah, blah, blah. After dinner, I sit him down on the couch and I say, look, my love, let's just be reasonable here. There, I don't even understand how you think I don't know what's going on here. The hickey is bad enough. But you put the marker on top and how do you think this is fooling me? He's like, well, what do you mean? Like, what hickey? I'm like, oh my god, are we still actually playing this game? We can't be playing this game. No, we're not. So finally, when he kind of comes to his senses and he realizes that this is not ha- playing out how he kind of thought it should play out, I say to him, look, I will give you the peroxide. You go do what you want to do. You, please, I am begging you, get the happy face off your neck. I mean, this is ridiculous. You look insane. So fine. Okay, fine. So he does his thing, whatever. Again, I tell you, I have comedy gold for at least like six to eight weeks after that because I tell everybody when we tell the story. And I say to him, so two things. The story came up recently as we discussed it in the community about a week or two ago. Why did it come up recently, you ask? Well, because we fast forward to now where Nathan has another, but not, not another, mm-hmm. a different girlfriend, new girlfriend. There's a hickey on the neck. And I'm like, have we learned nothing? Have we learned nothing? <laughs> but the funny part is, is he had learned because. No, have no Sharpie. 
on the net. <laughs> so, as we were killing ourselves laughing, reminiscing about the story of grade nine, and Jonah was in the room, and I said to them, look, there were two lessons, very valuable lessons that Nathan um, learned from this story that we, of course, have passed on to Jonah in case Jonah thinks that this is a good idea. One, if you're going to get a hickey, highly recommend, but if you're going to get a hickey, do not, under any circumstances, cover it up with a Sharpie. Not a good plan. Maybe look for some, like, <laughs> makeup or some, like, concealer, something, which Nathan actually did mention at that. That was actually plan A. But he, of course, in my house, he was going to go to his friend's house and use his mother's um, concealer, but her complexion is so much darker than Nathan's that they decided that somehow the Sharpie was a better idea than the concealer. But so, well, to be fair, one. like, to be fair... Every complexion is darker than Nathan. So it would be. I was going to say, he's white as a sheep. Yes. Yeah. Well, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, that was... <laughs> <laughs> so, so that was the first lesson Nathan learned. Um, the second lesson he learned, again, which has been passed on to Jonah, is that um, I always, I always have been, and I always will be two steps ahead of them. So when they're doing their nonsense and they think they're fooling me and they I don't know what's going on and they go out of the house in June with a jacket because they may or may not have some alcohol in the pocket. It's like, I already know what you people are doing. So just so that they're aware, I always know what's going on, even when they think, Ugh, whatever, it's mom, she doesn't know. But I do know. And the thing that I learned, which I think is actually much more important, is that in situations like these, I always, always need to make sure that I get video or photographic evidence of the situation, which I did not do, because <clears throat> that actually would be golden to have a picture of that now, but we don't have it. So anybody listening, if you ever have these, you know, <laughs> ridiculous situations, make sure that you get some evidence, because you never know when you might need it again blackmailing situations or just like to reminisce on a lazy afternoon when you have nothing to do and think oh remember that time when you had that hickey on your neck with a happy face oh well we don't have a picture so that is what I have um, come to come to be with the hickey and Nathan Nathan was on his way to camp like maybe two days after this happened which also brought the situation of clearly she was branding him because <laughs> she wanted everybody at camp to know like hey that's my man and get your hands off of him. So I think he Jesus proudly H. went to camp with the hickey because he's like, yeah, look at me, whatever. I'm big man on campus. I got a hickey on my neck from my girlfriend that I have. Okay, so I don't have a hickey story because I think hickeys are gross, but one time, they're disgusting. I don't understand. But like one time that I actually did try to give Evan a hickey because I probably also like Nathan's like femme fatale. I was also trying to brand him. Um, but it took like 10 minutes. <laughs> neither, neither of us enjoyed ourselves. It was like a it was work. It was I don't understand how it happens in like a fits of like a fit of passion. It's not enjoyable. It, <laughs> So, oh, I can't speak to the hickey story. 
this was not in Evan and Ellie's 13 year relationship. It was not something, but I can speak to the opposite of how you are always two steps ahead of your children because my parents are always like, God loves them two steps behind. (laughs) So when I was 15, I asked permission to come to Toronto and stay at Evan Reinblatt's house. And my parents were like, well, we'll just ask his parents, but it sounds like a great idea. (laughs) It was probably on that trip that I tried for 10 minutes to give him a hickey. And then we're like, this is great. We're 15. We can make a long distance relationship work. Spoiler alert, we did. But anyway. (laughs) So so Evan was supposed to come to Winnipeg for my sweet 16. Again, my parents like, fabulous idea. The more friends, the merrier. And my dad pulls me aside and goes, Elle, like, I just want you to know, like, guys don't usually travel to Winnipeg just to be friends with a girl there's a chance he might like you a little <laughs> like he likes you likes you like he likes me likes me <laughs> and so i said i had to say to my dad i was like thank you i'll look out for that <laughs> and then and then like fast forward literally 10 years later so evan and i I've now moved to Toronto. I had my little apartment. Evan would visit me from London where he was in school. And then it was the day that we, he, we both graduated and we were about to move in together. My dad calls and goes, hold on. So every time that Evan visited town, he stayed at his parents' house, right? Oh, dear God. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> I had to bring it to my dad at my place. You're like, uh, dad, were you never 16 in your life? Like, what the hell? Like, he, just, like, he went from 16 to like 80 with like, no, like, I don't understand. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. So, I, I have learned from this because Joseph Alec Reinblatt is never traveling anywhere to be friends with a girl or guy. Oh, really? Whatever. This never, never. His, his mother and father were disgusting. Like, unacceptable i have learned from what i got away with and um yeah joey joey's not going anywhere <laughs> okay so um i okay i i was saying i definitely don't have a hickey story but i want to say i do want to say something about parents because <laughs> because well obviously trace and i share parents and we uh-huh. before we did before this recording today i called them to say hey, can we have carte blanche to share any stories of our family without you two like getting upset or calling us after and being like, why the hell did you share this? Right? Like it was a disclaimer. I was like, we have to put this in place right now so that everybody's good. And but the the funny thing is this whole story, Ellie, when you just said his parents were disgusting, I'm like, ooh, I have a bit of a story. But actually, I didn't get carte blanche to share this one because mom was like, well, don't embarrass me. And I said, well, I would never embarrass you. Oh, my God. But she said, no, I don't think you would embarrass me on purpose. And I said, well, of course not. Never. But now the story that comes to mind when Ellie, when you just said that, I was like, ooh, that would be borderline. Like, I would have to get a new permission slip to share that one. So for this particular recording, like, I won't. I'm just going to like keep it real and I won't share the one that comes to mind. But for anybody listening, we do have like a relative carte blanche to share family stories without like, you know, without, without, well, in some cases we won't share names, but in some cases we will. And if I can get like the permission from mom and dad to share the one that comes up, I'll share it like in another episode. I just feel like in this moment, it's not the right time because we just had the conversation about not embarrassing her. 
And so that would feel like really bad. Like if she hadn't told me that I could say it and then be like, oops, I didn't know. But now I would feel like a little <laughs> bit guilty. That's just FYI. Well, you should take a lesson from Nathan and like, don't ask permission yeah. and just get to see what you can get away with. Yeah. Yeah. I know. That's the thing is I thought I was doing the right thing by getting like the carte blanche, but, um, but yeah, I don't have any hickey stories. I don't have any, like nothing like that. So, um, I, I, I was just glad to well, be a recipient to the listener of that story. Nah. Well, I don't, I, like I said at the beginning, I don't recall having a hickey. I've, don't think I ever gave a hickey but in regards to like sort of like dating and those kinds of stories um mom has said on more than one occasion to Nathan whoa you know one day we should sit down and I'll tell you about your mother and all her boyfriends and Nathan's like what are you even saying so mom seems to think that I had I like I went through you did the boyfriend you did you did what? uh yeah okay uh, you kind of did okay <laughs> Okay, yeah, I'm not even sure. So one day, story comes to mind. One day we'll talk about when you moved to Toronto and the guy who peed yeah. too much. Like that's a whole other episode. The guy who what? Oh, well, I can tell you that now. Oh, oh I can tell that story right now. Okay, so when I was, I came for those um, who don't know, I moved to Toronto in 1991 to finish off my degree at Ryerson, and in 1990. Uh, three, I moved back to Winnipeg after I graduated. And then in between, then I moved, okay, then I moved back for good in 1996. And when I moved back for good in 1996, for some unknown reason, I met a guy in Toronto, I was visiting friends, and he flew to Winnipeg again, going to Ellie back to your story, guys, just don't fly into Winnipeg for no reason. <laughs> and so he was going to drive back with me from Winnipeg to Toronto because I needed my car. Um, again, we will we will protect his name. We won't say oh, yeah. it because whatever. I just remembered his name. And, oh, and I just have to, I'm yeah. interjecting because I remember, I just remembered his name. I almost said it. Thank you for reminding us not to. And I remember doing like freaking black Russians with him in the dining room, like the day before you left. Oh, like, for the love so of. So stupid. <laughs> like disgusting. So okay. that might actually, oh, that actually ties in. So meantime, the car that I drove at the time was a Toyota MR2. For those who, again who don't know, it's the size of I don't a know a, a tin can, and and it's incredibly small. And on top of that, um, it was standard. Okay, so we are pulling out of the driveway, and he's not feeling well. Haha! I guess it was because of the black Russians. Now that uh -huh. I didn't know, and he says in the in the driveway. Okay, I also want to point out to people: I am now leaving. Like I'm not just leaving for school; I'm leaving for good. Probably I'm never. I'm probably never coming back. Twenty five years later, haha. No, I didn't go back. I'm. I'm clearly crying. I'm upset. I'm leaving my parents. Leaving my sister. And he says, "Huh, I can't really drive standard." Oh, I'm like, "What? <laughs> you didn't think of telling me before we get in the car for twenty four freaking hours? Are you kidding me?" <laughs> so I'm like, "No problem, buddy. I'll drive." Loser. So I drive. And let us just say that was the beginning of the worst 24 hours poured a line of my life. He, I think he literally had to stop and go to the bathroom every, I don't know, 45 minutes to an hour. And I don't know anybody else, but a road trip rules. You stop, you get gas, you go to the bathroom, you get a snack, you get back in the car. Four hours later, you stop again to get gas. You don't stop in between. There's no stopping in between. He needed to stop. So I was like, oh my God. We got to the hotel the first night because, like, it's a 24-hour drive. 
I think I managed to do it in two days because I was like, I can't stand one more second with this guy. And we got to the hotel, motel, whatever the heck. And I remember calling mom and dad from probably like the payphone on the corner. I don't know. I'm like, oh my God, I, I can't, I don't know what to do. They're like, okay, take it easy. Like it's tw- 12 more hours. I mean, 12 more hours. I mean, a tin can with this guy. <laughs> and then the best part is that, I think he literally drove, I think, a, com- a whole combination of maybe an hour of the whole way because he couldn't get the car started and then he couldn't turn and then he couldn't turn it off. I mean, don't even. And then we, and then as we were nearing Toronto, it was like we were probably around London. So like maybe two hours outside of Toronto, like a snowstorm came out of nowhere. It was April. <laughs> and he decided that was a good time to play a mixed tape that he had, I might add, <laughs> that was like electronic, like boom, 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 And I was like, I was so trying to focus on the road and we were literally like in a blizzard. And I looked at him and I said, if you don't shut that music off in two seconds, I swear to God, I'm stopping on the side of the road. You're getting out. <laughs> so he stopped, turned off the music. We pulled into his apartment. He lived at Avenue and St. Clair and the apartment he had has like a like a roundabout like a drive-through like a semicircle like roundabout thing yeah I'm telling you I'm not sure that the car came to a full stop (laughs) I was like and grab your bag get out of the car get out I was like and see ya just also for the record that was 1996 it's now 2020 I have never once in my life in the last 24 years have seen him, not once. And I was like, I don't know what ever happened to him. I mean, I don't know what happened to him, but honestly, that was a, that was a 24 hours, let me tell you. And as the story goes, he is referred to in our family as the guy who couldn't drive and who peed too much. So there you go. (laughs) (laughs) And I have to just say uh, on a totally different, but similar, I'm not going to even tell the whole story because like we're probably wrapping up in a second, but in terms of driving from Winnipeg to Toronto, the, oh, I've, driv- I've made that drive a couple of times from Toronto to Winnipeg, Winnipeg to Toronto. And the last time I made the drive from Winnipeg, Toronto was when I had just called off the wedding, but still drove to oh, Toronto. Geez. So my whole drive to Toronto was like brutal in its own way. And it was like, Okay, we're just like driving in silence. Like we just called off a wedding, but we decided. Yeah. Oh my! Wait, wait a, a second. Car with you? Hold on. You were driving with Dave. <laughs> you were in the car. I didn't say. Oh, you were driving. Yeah. Like no. When? <laughs> what? Well, you had, so like we had. I'll just like the summary of that is is that uh, we were in Winnipeg, had just called off the wedding. And then I was like all devastated. Mom and dad were actually out of town. So I was like home by myself. And I was like, oh my God. Yeah, they were with me. And so I was like, okay. So he was literally, like you're talking about pulling out of the driveway. He was pulling out of the driveway. (laughs) And I was like, hold on, shit. Like the right thing to do feels like I should go get closure and drive home with him. Because we were supposed to move to freaking Hamilton. We were supposed to to move to Hamilton to live in like, oh God, this like horrible apartment where all of our furniture and everything we owned was already waiting. And I was like, oh, I can't just stay in Winnipeg. I have to do my part and like wrap this up properly. So I got, I said, give me five minutes and I'll like grab my shit and I'll come in the car. So 
I know I was trying to be an honorable person. So I get in the car. Oh. I get in the car and it's like I think because he was still in denial that like maybe if she comes with me it will like we'll figure it out. So he was like actually quite happy that I was getting in the car. Like false hope. And I was oh like God. I just need to get in the car so I can like close this whole deal right properly. So yeah, we drove like plus we'd already driven from Vancouver to Winnipeg. Right. We were driving through the Rockies oh. like doo, doo, doo. like I remember at the end of one of those days, he was like, so what'd you do today? Like just trying to be funny. It was like the wars. And so we drove from Winnipeg yeah, to Toronto and it was like the worst. So like we both have these oh, interesting like wow. uh, Winnipeg, Toronto, brutal drive. <laughs> so that actually. Yeah. So I would say that that probably takes over from my story because that probably would be the worst 24 hours I actually thought my drive was bad but that now I don't recall that you drove so that's terrible literally because we had to cancel our flight to Winnipeg obviously um and Shira just texted me yesterday my sister texted me yesterday saying well why don't you guys just drive to Winnipeg and I said I don't feel like getting a divorce this year so now I feel validated in my choice not to drive 100%. home. Don't do it. <laughs> oh to anyone out there, gosh. this is a public service announcement. Do not drive from Winnipeg to Toronto, <laughs> Toronto to Winnipeg, Vancouver to Winnipeg, Winnipeg to Vancouver, or any of the freaking above combinations. Never do it. Never do it. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> So that wraps up episode two of Hookers and Horses, Stories of a Prairie Family. Tune in to episode three, where we reveal the origin of the title with our special guest, Bill Mahone. You don't want to miss it. And be sure to text any comments or questions or your wish to be a guest. For Hookers and Horses, stay safe, stay well, stay home. Peace out. (music) 